It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 32, San Fran Fail is what we're calling this one. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. The guys are on live weekdays from 530 to 10 on 670. The score, of course, your radio home for Cubs baseball. And as always, I'm joined by my bud buddy, buddy Crowley. Crowley, how the heck are you on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing a little bit better than the Cubs middle infield. Um, you can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can follow us at Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, and also on Fly the W on Facebook. And Fly the W670 is our email address at gmail.com. So you're doing a little bit better than the Cubs middle infield, Crawley. That means the uh, the bar is set pretty low for you at this uh, at this very moment. Pretty low, but it's a Monday. Maybe things will start looking up. All right, so the uh, Giants were in town for a uh, three-game set before we last left you. We had a good time with our uh, garlic fries and baseball friends. In game one, a lot of uh, Cubs fans and Chicago sports fans, I think, were interested in this one, is Carlos Rodon, the lefty, trotted out onto the hill Friday afternoon at the friendly confines. Yeah, Drew Smiley versus Carlos Rodon, and, and, and you know, you're looking at the potential future, and, and... – I mean, one of these guys should hopefully be on the on the Cubs rotation next year, whether they go big on Rodon or small on Smiley. Uh, Smiley, again, another strong outing, goes seven innings, pitch gives up one hit, one run. Uh, and that was, that runner that scored was when he got pulled. It was just charged to him. Two walks, Nate Kays looking good. Um, as far as the Cubs offense are concerned, you know, Nico had a, in the bottom of the second, Nico singles. Jan Gomes hits a two-run blast to give the Cubs a 2 nothing lead. Uh, bottom in the fifth, though, Nick Magical leaves with an injured groin. He had been looking so good lately, and, um, you know, that was kind of what was bothering him earlier this year. He was frustrated about having to leave, and, uh, you know, we'll definitely have to kind of keep an eye on that one. There's not a lot of time left in the season, so he may be done for the year. Bottom of the sixth, uh, Rodon strikes out McKinstry. There's a pitching change. Junior Marte comes into the game. He strikes out Suzuki. Uh, Reyes walks and then Nico with a two run homer Cubs lead four to nothing as usual. It's never easy being a Cubs fan. Cause in the top of the eighth, the uh, giants made a little bit of run at it. They had the bases loaded and Evan Longoria hits one to the left field side. And, 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 and maybe the good Lord wanted the Cubs to win this one as Harry would say, because it was a <laughs> ground rule double. So instead of three runs, instead of him clearing the bases, only two runs score 
Um, and luckily, Brandon Hughes was called out of the pen to replace Manrod, who kind of got into a jam there. And he strikes out Thyro Estrada to end it, uh, the threat four to two. And that's how the game is going to end with Brandon Hughes picking up the save. Now, what I really liked about this one was the fact that they were able to get to Rodon a little bit. Not a ton, but a little bit. He still <clears throat> was great. I mean, his strikeout numbers are phenomenal. Um, if you ask me to pick between Drew Smiley and Carlos Rodon, I know people say I'm a fool. I would go cheap Drew Smiley and look for somebody else. That doesn't mean that I'm set with the Cubs rotation. But what I really liked in this one is this kind of the roller coaster continues. But this was a very good afternoon for Brandon Hughes with that four-out save. Yeah, Brandon Hughes looked great. And, and, and that's the thing. These young guys are going to have their ups and downs, and that's the whole part of the growing pains. Smiley, like you said, seven innings, pitch, one hit, one run. Like I said, he didn't even get that, you know, two walks, eight Ks. And the offense, you know, not much. Four runs on five hits, two left on base, one for three. The two two-run dingers are going to help. The thing that you're talking about with Rodon is, is he only went 5.1 innings pitch. He gave up three hits, two runs, one walk, 11 Ks. But they forced him to work. The Cubs had great at-bats. And when you do that, when you force a guy to throw a lot of pitches, you foul out, you, you know, foul a lot of balls off. That's what happened. His pitch count got really elevated, and you only have to see him 5.1 innings. And, uh, you know, the offense against Smiley did nothing. Two runs on three hits with seven left on base, one for five with runners in scoring position. So good start. Absolutely a good start. Feeling really good about how that one started. And then game two, you went to this game, right, Crowley? Marcus Stroman, Logan Webb on the hill. Yeah, I got my monocle out, and I was at the 1914 club uh, hobnobbing with the uh, other half. Very fancy, um, but in the uh, bottom of the first, it looks good. Nico singles, Suzuki grounds out, Horner to second, Ian Happ doubles, and the Cubs lead one nothing. But in the top of the second, just things just did not work out for Marcus Stroman. It starts off bad with Jock Peterson hitting a double that beat the shift. It was a little chopper that just rolled down all the way down the third baseline. Uh, wild pitch moves Jock to third. Brandon Crawford strikes out. David Villar doubles. Peterson scores. So the game's tied at one. Uh, Gonzalez grounds out. VR goes to third. Lestella walks. And with Joey Bart batting, Stroman box. He just he looked out of his eye. He put his leg up, put it down. Both runners advance. A run scores down two to one. And Joey Bart, I'll tell you something. That kid opened my eyes this weekend. He hit a two-run home run. Lestella along for the ride. Cubs trail four to one. And they're never really into it after that. And bottom of the second, little league home run for Alfonso Rivas. He had a triple <laughs> It was poorly played by Luis Gonzalez, and VR throws the relay throw low. It bounces into the dugout. So the Cubs make it 4-2, still a game, but then nothing else the entire rest of the game till the top of the eighth. David VR makes up for that mistake. He hits a solo home run, and the game will end 5-2. to two. Stroman only goes four innings pitch, seven hits, four runs, one walk, four Ks, threw a ton of pitches in that second inning. Sean Newcomb, though, you know, he's been struggling. We've been on him. Three innings pitch, one hit, zero runs, three K. So he saved the bullpen a little bit. The offense had two runs, seven hits, five left on base, one for three with runners in scoring in position. Uh, and and Happ and Rebus both for two for four. The Giants had Webb, seven innings pitch, six hits, two runs, six Ks. You know, the offense for the Giants, five runs on 11 hits, six left on base, two for 10 with runners in scoring position. But VR, two for four with a home run, and Bart, three for four with a home run. Both of them had two RBIs. Yeah, obviously not the effort you would wanted from Marcus Stroman, but again, when the offense only has two runs, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Crowley, let me ask you, so it was a beautiful, beautiful Saturday afternoon, but 
high school football is in full swing. High schools are back. College football is going on. You know, kids' activities left and right. There's soccer games all over my neighborhood. What was the crowd like at Wrigley Field on Saturday? I thought it was a pretty good crowd, especially compared to Sunday. But it was, I can't, you know, you, probably close to 30, I would say. I okay. Don't know. 30 in the seats? That's a good, that's a good crowd. That would be my guess, but again, I, I, the drinks were free on Saturday, so my, my vision may have been double. I don't know. I don't. All know. right, before we get then before we get into Game <laughs> Three, I, I want to hear a little bit more. I would expect our, our most of our listeners of this podcast want to hear a little bit more. Nineteen fourteen club. Okay, first of all, how did you get in? And then number two, give us a little, uh, you know, give us a little play by play. What's the joint like? Oh, it's beautiful. I, you know, a friend of mine had an extra ticket. He called me up. Uh, I saw that Sunday looked bad. I was supposed to go up to Wisconsin. I'm like, you know, I'm tired. I'd rather just kind of just go up next weekend instead because it looks a little bit nicer. So I go in there and it's just beautiful, man. The food's amazing. The drinks are out of this world. You know, all you can eat, all you can drink. I mean, you can really do some damage in there. And I feel like I did. Um, <laughs> I was, I was right next to the giants, uh, dugout. So I kind of heckled a couple guys, not too bad, just in good fun. Jock Peterson, a little bit, Tommy Listella, a couple other guys. Uh, but it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. The seats are just so comfy and beautiful. And I'm not the guy that sits inside, you know, eating and whining and dining. They have also have vendors come by and giving you free beer. So I was pretty much in place, uh, most of the time just at the seats. It's, you know, very, not often I get a seat that good. So it was just so fun. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So Sunday, an unusual Sunday night baseball, not that it's unusual there's Sunday night baseball, but why in the world they, and this is a late switch. They switched to Cubs giants, Wade Miley throwing uh, that kind of boggled the mind. I guess it was good. They moved it tonight because there's no way they would have played a day game on Sunday in that monsoon. Absolutely. And so, you know, and another thing is, I think, they knew a lot of Giants fans were going to both games. So good point. In that good rega- point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point. In, so in that regard, I think Mark was one of those guys, and uh, you know, he, you know, a lot of people t- went to go see the Bears game, and then did the Cubs game at night. So San Fran, you know, they, those guys made a. They were, you know, you want to talk about the crowd? That's what really bumped up the numbers. Is there was a ton of orange and black, my friend. Ton of orange and black out there on Saturday. And then Sunday, I think every all those San Fran people were so cold and soggy they didn't make it out for the night game because it looked pretty empty. <laughs> all right, Crowley, take us through this one that did not, uh, unfortunately, go the Cubs' way. No, and it was one of those stupid bullpen games that San Francisco threw, which I absolutely hate. It was basically a batter every inning almost. Bottom of the fifth, two out. Zach McKinstry had one heck of a game. He doubles uh, or take a singles on a, uh, to center. Uh, and so the and so you know. That was good because it tied up the game. They had scored earlier. The um, Giants did when Davis hit a double, and Theario Estrada had one heck of a game. He singled, and so the Cubs were down one nothing. That McKinstry double and Ortega single tied it at one. But then in the top of the six, you know, we already had um, Magical out with the groin injury. Nico Horner comes out of the game. He already had a single and a double and a couple nice defensive plays. And Chris Morell replaced him. He has uh, tricep tightness. So top of the six, Morell comes in. Hayden Wisniewski, who had that awesome um, debut in Tuesday, a uh, little uh, about a week ago. Um, you know, it wasn't as good a start, but it was still very fun to watch. Um, but he, uh, Thyro Estatus hit a solo homer. He gives the Gyrants a 2-1 lead uh, in the top of the eighth. Lewin Sprinson walks. Wilmer Flores, the former Met, 
homers and it's four to one that they trail and Suzuki hits one in the bottom of the eighth to make it four to two. And that'll be your final Miley goes five innings pitch, four hits, one run, one walk, five K's Wesnitsky 3.2 innings pitch, four hits, three runs, one K gave up those two homers, uh, three K's on that. I'm sorry, one walk, but the offense struggle with runners in scoring position. Again, two runs on 12 hits, nine left on base, one for six with runners in scoring position. So the old can't get the big run in, McKinstry, four for five, Ortega, two for three. Um, McKinstry was just a home run short of the cycle, so that was kind of cool. But the Giants, a bullpen game, their offense scored four runs on eight hits, five left on base, two for five with runners in scoring position. Longoria, Estrada, Austin Dean all went two for four, so that was rough. Crowley, did you like how they used Wesneski in this spot? I was kind of hoping that he actually might get the start instead of the bullpen use. I think they like that. I think they like doing this as, as, to kind of let him kind of ease into it. So it's very similar to what we saw with Justin Steele last season, stuff like that. You know, give him a few innings, three innings, see how long he kind of goes. You know, that way you don't have to, you know, I, I, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it. It works for me. Okay. All right. If it's good enough for you, I'll let it and be that, good enough that, for that me That was right the now. same thing. You remember that was the same thing that they started with Keegan Thompson. Same thing. He was bull, He was piggybacking at the beginning of the season until he wasn't anymore. That's usually right. like how they like to ease those guys in. All right. All right. Another question for Tommy Lista, uh, uh, Tommy Hadovy, assuming we get him again before the year is up. All right. So that's a wrap on Giants-Cubs. The Giants take two out of three that the Cubs did get the win against Rodon. So I guess – that makes me happy from that standpoint, just being the bitter person that I am. Um, Crowley, let's go over some uh, odds and ends. We had a lot of off-the-field baseball news happening, not only in baseball, but around the Cubs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, the competition committee voted, and they made some changes. And so with these changes, they have voted to implement a pitch clock and ban defensive shifts starting in 2023. So 15-second clock with bases empty, 20-second with runners on, and you have to have two fielders on each side of the second base bag, both feet on the dirt. So very interesting there. And the players obviously were not happy with it, but the league, um, that's the way that they wanted to go. This is not, this has been going on in the minor leagues and we've had um, different guys on and I've talked to the different broadcasters, uh, whether it was Sam or Max and BK or Alex Cohen or any of the, or, or Mick Gillespie, it's really kind of shaved time off there. And I know a lot of people are complaining and it's like, well, there's no clock in baseball. That's the beauty. No, I don't agree with that. When you say there's no clock in baseball, it's like basketball or football. You know, in those games, you have a clock. And when that clock runs out, you're done. Okay. So you can be going on in, a, you know, in football, you could have all the momentum, be doing all this stuff and you just run out of time in baseball. That doesn't change. There's 27 outs still. So there's no clock. 
If you're in the ninth inning and you're down 10 runs and you scored 12, it doesn't stop in the middle and just be like, oh, we're out of time. No, that doesn't happen. You still have to get the 27 outs. What the clock is going to do is everybody, and especially if you go to games, I go to a lot of games and you'll sit there and God, you know what my favorite games to go to are? Wade Miley and Kyle Hendricks and guys that say, give me the ball. I'm going to throw it. Here it goes. I don't want to sit there and watch a guy like holding the ball for three minutes in between every pitch. That's not fun. What I like is I like action. Give me action, whether it's good pitching action, good hitting action. But what we're, what baseball's trying to do is kill the dead time, the dead air time when nothing. Do you remember Nomar Garcia Parra? Every at bat gets out of yep. the box, does this stuff. Da, 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 da. Played That's with the, the wristbands, wrist played yeah. with the batting gloves, readjusted the Velcro. Uh, yeah, listen, Crowley, I, I would agree with you 100%. Uh, on this, it will it will pick up the pace, but I'm not. It can it can help. It's not going to hurt, but like I'm not going to stop watching baseball because it got too slow. I, I don't think, and I don't think they're going to gain fans by getting people. I, I think either you're a fan of baseball or you're not. I don't know that this change is going to draw people in. Well, when you take a look at the other change, the other change is the shift. And well, this again, I love. This I I I will I will jump over you here. I love this. <laughs> I, I love. I, I can't stand the shift. I mean, get the pencil neck geeks out of this thing. When a ground ball is hit hard, it should have an opportunity to get up the middle. Okay. Um, I, I, I am so happy about the shift being taken out of this thing. And I agree with you 100%. And so I think, you know, again, how many, t- I wonder what Kyle Schwarber or Anthony Rizzo, what their averages would have been if there was no shift. And and I don't care what you say, is that if all of a sudden you're a left-handed batter and you got four or five guys in the right field area and stuff like that, and people are like, well, just adjust to the pitch. Well, if I'm throwing a slider or a fastball in on your hands, how are you going to turn hit that to the other side? You're not. That's not going to happen. That's just not physics. So I don't care what anyone says. This is this is exactly correct in that you are going to have to make more uh, spectacular defensive plays instead of a bunch of guys sitting there and the ball going straight to a guy. That's not fun. When we grew up with baseball, Dustin, it, it, the games did move faster and there was a lot more running around. So you also have an increase in the size of the bases. And what have you seen so far in the minor leaguers? Games are shorter. There's more stolen bases. There's more action in the field. That's what's going to happen, and that's what baseball is missing. Is that is that when there's when nobody's stolen bases are fun to watch. When you're at the game and some guys running and everyone's jumping up to see what happens, that's fun to watch. When you have guys that have to make good defensive plays, and we're going to talk about Nico, but you know, is Nico a great shortstop or a shortstop that's benefited from good placement? You know, it's it's these are questions you got to ask yourself, but. It's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot more balls in play, a lot more action. I don't understand what anyone has a problem with this. No, action's the name of the game. There definitely needs to be more action. How about the um, the size of the bases, Crowley? Is this specifically about safety? Is that the main thing that's going on here? No, it, 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 there, there's all. You also they're they're bigger. So a, it's about safety, and b, you're going to be willing to take more risk because it's less distance between two bases. How many oh, times wow. have okay. you know? So how many times have you seen it where the guy's barely thrown out? Now that guy, that same play, he's gonna have a few more inches off the base, and then a few more inches when he's going in there. I so. did not think I did not think about that aspect of it. That the, that the game of inches on those stolen bases could be very different. Right, and so like I said, in the minor leagues, you've seen an increase of stolen bases, and more teams are gonna start incorporating more of a running game. 
Interesting. Well, again, and there we go back to we go back to some more action. So it sounds like you and I are in agreement that these uh, these rules in the big picture are probably good for the game. Yeah, like I said, I, I've been going there how many years? You ever see John Lieber pitch the human rain delay? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not that. I'm, you know who was? He just retired, former Cub, Edwin Jackson. I swear to God, one year it had been, I can't remember what year it was, 2013 or something maybe. I, every game I went to, I swear to God, Edwin Jackson started. And well, the, who was the worst one? Steve Traxel, wasn't he? Didn't Traxel he used to take was, all day? Yes, Traxel. Yes, Steve Traxel. Yeah, it's just not fun to watch. You, you, nobody can tell me that that's enjoyable. I don't care what you say. No, it, 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 it's not. So just get get in the box and throw it. Get on the mound and throw it. You know that's that's where we're at. And then on Saturday afternoon, before the game, the uh, Cubs uh, put uh, Pat Hughes and a couple other all timers into their Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was there for that, and I got to, you know, I did, not for the ceremony, but um, after, you know, once those guys were there, they have these nice, new, beautiful blue uh, jackets for all the Hall of Famers were there, Billy, and, and for, was, I don't think for you was there. Dawson was there, uh, Sandberg was there, and then obviously the inductees this year, which um, representatives for Buck O'Neill, um, you had uh, Jose Cardinal, and obviously from 670, the scores broadcast, Cubs broadcast, Pat Hughes, so... It was really cool, and Pat threw a first pitch, and Jose threw a first pitch, and uh, very nice to see those guys honored, and this is going to be something that I think is going to be fun, and the only thing I had a problem with is I didn't think they advertised it well enough, you know what I mean? Well, not only, Crowley, not only did they not advertise it enough, why wasn't this something they did out in Gallagher Way, like when they unveiled Fergie's statue? Why was this not more public? Why would this be done in some Cubs office or out in the outfield. I mean, why would this be so hidden? And, and here's the thing is that I knew where the, I had a general idea what was going on and they were doing it. So it's all, like, if you're going to the left field bleachers, there's a wall that has the Cubs hall of fame. They added it there. Not to, was it last 2021? And so they have it there and they literally had like the gates closed down. So you could like, couldn't even look in to see what was going on. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, they, they definitely excluded the fans. And this Cubs Hall of Fame, okay, Jose Cardinal is not a Hall of Famer, but he's a Cubs Hall of Famer because fans love him. So why wouldn't you give the fans the pleasure of being right. part of it? Make that? it a fan event. Yeah, I just, that, 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 that's one that's, I don't want to rain and not have Pat have a great day and great opportunity. I just think it's something that should have been a little bit, a lot bit more public. Right, definitely, it should have, there definitely should have been some more going on. And, you know, I think they could have done it like they did the Fergie statue. I think they could have done it, you know, obviously just showed the plaque. You know what I mean? Because that's what they right. do in, uh, if you if you go to Cooperstown. They don't, you don't do it all in, in, in the actual hall where the plaque goes. You do it outside, you get the plaque, and then later on it goes up in there. Exactly right. All right, a couple other quickies. So uh, Tom Ricketts was at this event, and there were some, uh, obviously, Cubs media types, and uh, Ricketts, uh, saying all the right things, at least in my mind, that they're going to rebuild and it's going to be on Jed and Jed will have the ability to spend and choose wisely. Are, are you liking what you're hearing from Tom right now? Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I, I, we saw it with Saya and we saw it with Stroman. You're going to see it a little bit more this year. Um, I think they're still evaluating the pieces that they have. You know, what you don't want to do, I, and I may be in the minority in this one here, but imagine if all of a sudden – you know, you get some some center fielder or, you know, it's just like how we got stuck with Jason Hayward. You know, you get a big contract and it's a lot of money in a lot of years. People don't like to hear it, but that guy's going to play. 
That's just that, that's just the reality of the that's situation. That's the reality of baseball. That's how it works in baseball. Right. Yeah. So if all of a sudden, why are you spending money when you have all these young kids coming up? Who are you building around? And that's the question. I think it's fair to say Pete Crow Armstrong's a guy that you plan on building around. You know, is Matt Mervis the real deal? He's had one unbelievable year in the minor leagues. So there's a lot of guys who are the ones you want to build on. And then you take that and you start to then insert who you think you're going to need. You know what I mean? As far as, okay, you know, do you need a shortstop or a third baseman? You know, th- those are the questions that you're going to have. But who are we building this team around? Because th- that farm system is is going to be producing talent. Question is, is it top-tier talent or not? That's what we, we're yet to find out. Well, one of the positions that everybody from Ken Rosenthal to the little old lady next door says the Cubs are going to buy in the offseason is shortstop. And Nico Horner's had a pretty good year overall at shortstop. And David Ross had some interesting comments when asked about that. Uh, I'll give you the quote, Crowley, and have you react to it. I think it's like when you want to buy a new car, but you don't have to. You can be picky, right, said David Ross. We've got a really good shortstop here. If something works out where they identify a middle infielder that's of value and the field of fit as well, I think everybody's on board with that, including myself and Nico. Those are good problems to have. We'll let the front office pick and choose on that. That a quote from Cubs skipper David Ross. Right, and the analogy is interesting. You know, I, it actually makes sense by Rossi. Um, I agree 100%. Is is that you know, we we've talked about the idea of Nico moving possibly moving to second. So if you get a middle and a shortstop that you feel is absolutely you know, the right fit, the right guy at the right price, then you absolutely make that move. If you can get somebody that's defensively better and, and is, you know, whoever complains about having too many good players, you know what I mean? Yeah. These and, are, these are good problems to have, right? right. That, that is a good, that is a good problem to have. No, no doubt about that. So, you know, I, let's, let's have Tom be a man of his word. Give, uh, give Jed a nice budget to work with. And then let's see what Jed and his group can do. Right. You're not forced to do anything. That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to force a decision that's not necessary is that you can say, you know what, we're happy with Nico. But if this other guy is willing to come to the Cubs and the contract works out, then we're going to do that. It's fine either way. But like when we came into this season, 2022, I just sat there and I'm like, oh, my God, the holes, they're everywhere. I mean, you had a hole in left, you had a hole in center, or I'm sorry, you had a hole in center, you had a hole in right. We didn't know what Ian Happ was going to be. We didn't know he was going to have an all-star season. So you had, like, literally walking in, you had three holes in the outfield. You, you didn't know who you were going to do, what you were going to do with first base. You didn't know if Nico and Magical were going to be the answer in the, up in the middle. or third. The only thing you knew walking in is you had Wilson Contreras. That was about the only thing you were confident in. And other than that, you could you could have thrown a dart in any other position, and you didn't feel comfortable with it. I feel better about Nico's year this year. That's the way I'm going to feel it. It's something that if, if they keep him at short, I'm okay with it. If they keep him at second, I'm fine with that.